Hello and welcome, you zingy little tart, to the third cop-on special of this pesky international break. This time I'm so glad, so glad, to bring you an exclusive conversation with none other than the excellent John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap, who is not only an extremely talented and intelligent podcaster, he is also an absolute gent. Before we belly flop into the pool of that chat, let me just extend my index finger and prod you to follow us on Twitter at CopOnPodcast. Go on, send us your hate mail to CopOnPodcast at gmail.com. Go on, or support us for just $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash CopOnPodcast, where you could win some prizes for doing so bulging sacks of thanks to you anyway for listening to Cop On and enjoy. Thank you so much John Gibbons for, for joining joining me and agreeing to be on Cop On Podcast. The first question is uh, very simple. Um, it's different to the one that I sent you because that's how it works on Cop On Podcast. Um, I, I'm, I'm just uh, I was just thinking the international break, if it were a person the international break were a person would you just throw it out the window or would you kick it in the nuts before you threw it out the window <laughs> i'm not sure i'd do anything quite as violently as that but i think i'd maybe put my arm around his shoulder tell him that you know he's had a good run but maybe his time's gone and just quietly usher him out the door <laughs> That's a very peaceful solution. Excellent. Very good. Uh, But uh, talking about this season in general, I mean, I'm having a marvellous time following it from afar. Um, uh, It must be great to be in Liverpool. How much are you enjoying it? Yeah, it is good. It's it's tense as well. And I think that's maybe the difference between last year when last year was just, you know, turned into a fantastic roller coaster with the the road to Kiev. I I think this year has felt... Um, a little bit more kind of tense kind of week by week as well um, in terms of just because we've waited so long for for a league title that, that and because the stakes are so high because Manchester City and Liverpool are dropping a few points that it feels like sometimes a wins are as much as a relief as they are a kind of celebration which is a little bit of a shame for those of us who, who just like to celebrate but I mean yeah I mean, you'd much rather be in this position than not and I think going into the last kind of month and a half to have Liverpool right up there at the top and and challenges is exciting so yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a fun time hopefully um well it's yeah it's interesting you say yeah nerves yeah i mean they play a part uh, yeah a daily part of my life and lots of other, every fan's life but you know in terms of in liverpool you know the atmosphere in and around Anfield. I was curious to ask about it because, I, you know, the last time we were in this position was 13-14. Uh, obviously, that ended in heartbreak, but uh, people were very, very confident at that, you know, to, uh, you know, towards the end of that season that we were going to win it. That experience, has it, has it sort of, you know, affected us? Like, I, I imagine people are not so confident this time round, perhaps. I think, I mean, 13-14 was sort of a, a unique kind of set of events, really. That that title challenge came from nowhere, and suddenly we were winning every game, and it was exciting, and that team was just incredible to watch, really. Obviously, conceded 50 goals over the season, but scored so many more, and 
I think that was a that was a title challenge that came out of nowhere where and, and that kind of made it more exciting in a way, but also kind of you know, we, we were just winning week by week and we went on that kind of amazing winning run that as you say changed in Chelsea and it, and this time it feels like it's something that's been building. I think we, we, we were much more confident going into this season than we would have been that one and and it's felt like we've been in a title race since September, which is kind of crazy, really. But I think, as I say before, there's so few points have been dropped. And it's it's always felt like, you know, it's not been a case of where you see where you are at, at, in, in March and kind of go from there. It's almost felt like that, that we've had to sprint, if you like, since, since the start. So it does change the atmosphere a little bit. But what I love in, in Liverpool is, obviously, it's a huge footballing city. And, and when there's a lot riding on it, it's all anyone talks about and and I really like that I love the fact that I mean it's my job to talk about football now which is nice so obviously I talk about it a lot but when you go into town when you go you know to get some lunch or you go to get a haircut or you go for you know whatever everyone just wants to talk to you about footy and everyone just wants to talk I do you think you're gonna do it I think it's the question I get asked more than anything is do you think you're gonna do it and people I think people are confident I think you know people aren't getting carried away and I think people are, are we're conscious of what Man City can do, but most people I speak to in Liverpool expect Man City to drop at least some points between now and the end of the season. I don't think it'll be a lot, but I think they expect them to slip up at some point and a, and a confident Liverpool can can kind of take advantage of that. So, yeah, it's it's maybe not quite a, a jubilant confidence it was in 13-14, but a quieter confidence and a, and a determination to to kind of make sure that at least Liverpool are doing everything they can to make make it happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a great answer. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've been having dreams. I had a dream. Divock Origi was in my dream yesterday. He was telling me to calm down, but I told him it was almost impossible. It's a true story. Anyway, um, uh, talking about you and what, what part of Liverpool are you from? I, I know a, a little bit of Liverpool. I lived in Toxteth about 20 years ago for about a year. Um, so what part of Liverpool are you from and uh, how did you first become a Red? I mean, I imagine you were born into it, weren't you? Yeah, I was born into it. Yeah, I didn't really get much choice. Um my dad's actually not from Liverpool, he's from Cheltenham originally and fell in love with the football club as a boy and then moved to Liverpool as soon as he could. So he came here when he was 18 for, for university and met my mum and then so I'm sort of a, a first generation scout. So we grew up in Egbert, which is just down the road from Toxteth, um, just a little bit further down into, into South Liverpool. And then now live in Garston, which is which is kind of still South Liverpool, but but further to, further out again. So yeah, I'd always been a South Liverpool boy, which is obviously the other side. If, for people who don't know, the other side of the the city to to where the the, the the team play. But you know, it's only really a small city. You know, in 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 kind of the grand scheme of things, really. And yeah, just remember obsessively watching Liverpool videos as a kid. I don't remember getting much choice really. I was I was kind of brought up a red and went to my first game when I was eight and so very quickly got the bug very quickly all I was sort of concerned about really when I wasn't kicking a ball I was I was watching the boys on on kind of videos and I think I knew all the commentary by heart that you know the the, the scale to which I'd I'd, I'd wear out those uh, old, old kind of VHS tapes but yeah yeah just just always remember be having you know going from you know zero to obsession very very quickly Excellent. That was exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was it? Was it Toshak to Keegan and the old firm have done it? 
Remember that one? Brilliant. I do, and I, I like, always like the a delighted score of it's Tommy Smith as he uh, <laughs> as he powered in that header in the European Cup <laughs> final. But but yeah, all, all 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 kind of great stuff. Wonderful. And when was the first time you went to Anfield? It was actually the last time we won the league. Would you believe? So my very first game was Liverpool v QPR in 1990, and they they clinched the title on that day. It wasn't guaranteed. They needed to win, and they needed other results to go for them. But that's what happened. Um, I think it was either Aston Villa or Norwich um, kind of dropped points in that other game. Liverpool were playing QPR, and so they clinched the league title. So after my very first game, I stood on my seat um, as, a, as kind of eight-year-old beast, you never walk alone, and as the players kind of paraded around, thinking, oh, this is brilliant, every game's going to be like this, and uh, obviously it was <laughs> in for a real shock. Oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, I mean, God, blimey. I mean, do you ever, do you ever get, uh, I don't know, uh, paranoid, superstitious? Maybe you're the jinx? No, I don't think so. I think there's even worse. Gareth Roberts, who we do work with, I think he, he, you know, he started going the season the year after. So I think he sometimes feels that that he's the kind of the jinx. But no, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's greater, greater kind of powers at play than than who is or isn't in the ground. Yes, it could be something, something to do with something else. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, let's uh, let's talk about podcasting. Uh, um, uh, obviously, you're one of the founder members of the. The Anfield rap. Can you can you tell us about the origins of where it all started? Yeah, so the the Anfield rap was the sort of brainchild of, of Andy Heaton, who's who's still very much involved. He's upstairs now in the office as we speak, and, and Andy kind of had this idea. I mean, there've been a few Liverpool podcasts uh, done by supporters. Uh, this was back in 2011, but uh, nothing done to a kind of a high standard in terms of recording. So I think Andy decided that. There was a gap in the market for something that was going to be done well. I think it was obviously a time where we'd just come out of a, a kind of a turbulent time with the Hicks and Gillette area. So it's a time that supporters had, had, had kind of come together and naturally come together. And a lot of us on the Anfield Rap had actually met kind of through organisations like Spirit of Shankly and being involved in the in the crusade to, to get, get rid of those owners. And so when when after after that there was I think there was sort of a bit of a market and a bit of a realization that if Liverpool fans wanted a, a, a stronger voice in the media or, or Liverpool fans wanted a stronger kind of representation in terms of our voices that that we sort of had to do it ourselves really and you couldn't necessarily rely on you know radio stations or or, or things in in London to kind of accurately reflect kind of what was what was going on and so so Andy kind of put that, that the first group of people together. Uh, Neil Akinsey, who's still the main host of the Anfield Rap, hosted the very first one. And uh, Neil had been chair of Spirit of Shankly uh, when it first came round, so everyone knew I had a big voice and and had, had done like little bits for for kind of a, a podcast for Radio Merseyside and stuff like that. And it was just a kind of selection of people who, who to be fair, la- largely Andy put together who he thought would be good, and they we hired. Well, I say, I say, I say, we. I wasn't actually on the first one, but uh, Andy kind of hired out um, Parsley Studios in Liverpool on a on a Monday morning at ten o'clock because that was the, the cheapest time he could get. I think. I think it is <laughs> Parsley's quite a famous kind of uh, place to for the bands to record. I think that the first couple of Coldplay albums were recorded there, and quite a kind of few others. But but bands don't really tend to do ten o'clock on a Monday morning, so it was a time where where we could get in and 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 that's where we did the kind of the first couple of years really and at first it was just a podcast on a Monday morning and it was obviously a reflection of the the football that had just gone that weekend that it was lots of people in a room and a kind of a little bit of a, of a free for all around around these microphones in the middle but but it was kind of good fun to do really when there was no 
you know, we had expectation on kind of, you know, how many people were going to be listening or whether it was going to be eventually something that was that was done as work. It was just kind of something that, that you know, people wanted to do and, 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 and we thought that, that, that should exist. Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's amazing now. I mean, obviously now it's, I don't know the official stats, but I, w- I would imagine it's the, the biggest uh, Liverpool FC podcast in the world and you've expanded to, to video and, and everything, subscriber groups of which I, I am a subscriber and I heartily recommend the Anfield Rap. But do you ever do you ever sort of pinch yourself at how far you've come? Not really, um, and that, and that's that. Oh, we probably should, to be honest with you. I think I don't think we're very good at kind of looking back. We're 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 people. We we look forward a lot more, and as you say, we're always thinking about the next thing, and and um, so we're doing more and more video at the moment, and we're looking at things we could be doing, and we're looking at kind of what we haven't done and, and ways we can improve, and which is which is a kind of a in some ways a good attitude to have but in other ways I think I think we should probably should reflect on on kind of how we've come up far we've come a little bit more which is why it's nice to be doing stuff like this to be honest with you because it does kind of give you the chance to kind of reflect really on the fact that it is it is a quite an unlikely story to go from a group of fans who who just fancy doing a, a podcast on a Monday to a, a business now effectively that that has you know paying subscribers that has you know thousands listening every week to, to the free shows and, and, and the fact that we employ 10 people in Liverpool City Centre is a really nice thing as well and we've been able to take on a larger group of young people who are really keen and are kind of keen to develop in, in media if you like and the fact that you know it's become an employer in the city we've got our own studio and I, I, what I feel is a standard bearer for for fan media is it is something to be proud of well, you're absolutely right yeah i think you should um yeah i mean you know it sort of inspired me one of the one of the inspirations to inspire me to to begin cop on back in july uh, but uh, you know since starting i have noticed it's not quite as easy as some people think what are some of the difficulties or challenges that you've come across in in uh, in doing what you do i mean it's a good question i think you know you it's it's that kind of Sometimes there's a bit of a battle between um, immediacy and and quality, and so we 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 kind of have a bit of a wrestle with that in terms of audio quality, is what I mean. So so for example, after a game, straight away people people want a, a you know instant reaction, and we do do a post match show. We used to come into into Liverpool City Centre to do it, but with the match traffic in the way it is, sometimes it kind of took a little bit too long, and so we. We've decided to record that in Anfield now and, and do that as close as possible to the stadium. But then you, you on kind of mobile devices and and sort of you know you know microphones kind of plugged into things and, and trying to find the quiet part of a, of a kind of pub to record that in. And so there's the there's the battles there really between trying to get something out as soon as possible, but also you know keeping a level of sound quality that kind of people expect and I think as soon as you start charging which is obviously what we do now then then people's expectations are a little bit higher and and that's fine you know we you know people are customers and, and and they kind of expect certain things and I think you know trying to trying to plan as well into the future and so and trying to rotate the voices so the more shows you do you you feel like you know you need you need kind of more different voices so trying to find people who are who are confident who want to come in who are able to record at times that kind of you know suit us but also them kind of can be a little bit of a challenge as well so but then people want the voices that they've got to know over the years as well so it's finding that balance between between new people and fresh people but kind of the the voices that that people like and and people have have grown with really and and have supported started supporting the club with over the years so 
Yeah, there are challenges, and there's obviously young upstarts like yourself who are determined to knock us off our crowns. So there's the there's the things around no, that as well. No, I think of myself as the sort of poor cousin. You know, they, don't worry about it. I'm not. I'm not a competition. We're family. We're family. But <laughs> but it's an exciting time in the Anfield rap. You're you're changing the way that you offer content to your subscribers. So so tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, we've always kind of been. A podcast company audio is our kind of bread and butter really but we're doing more and more video just because obviously there's a different markets out there for video and there's and there's you know a, a different way of telling our story really kind of visually so we're doing we want to do more around stats and things like that because that's growing interest of people but obviously that's quite difficult to do in audio so we've got a video show around that we'd like to show people more of liverpool and more of what it's like to support liverpool we're well aware that Liverpool and the Anfield Raps kind of fan base, if you like, is, is worldwide. And so, you know, telling the story of supporting Liverpool from the heart of the city is kind of something we really believe in. And so you can do that through audio, don't get me wrong, but it's nice to kind of have a visual element to that as well. So if there's a, a guy or a girl in, in Texas who maybe has never been to Anfield and wants doesn't just want to hear what it sounds like, wants to kind of see it and and we can we can offer kind of a little bit more than that as well. So we're so we're doing more and more video and, and, and we're launching an app next month as well that's gonna allow everyone to to access all the kind of Ampere app content, including all the written stuff in one place because at the moment we're relying on on third party apps and third party kind of hosting services really, which which is fine, but obviously when things go wrong and people complain to you and there's nothing you can do about it, it it's kind of a little bit frustrating really. So we're gonna have everything in one place and that'll hopefully allow people to tell tell people and spread the word about the Anfield app as well because not everyone still knows what necessarily what a podcast is or, or how to access them but if it's a it, most people have apps on their phone so they can you know maybe encourage your friends to kind of download the Anfield app app and, and people can have a look around and, and kind of see what's for them excellent yes excellent I shall be checking it out and I shall uh, yeah recommend it right now to all of our listeners yes fantastic um, so you, you've done some uh, great interviews over the years. Uh, tell us about some of your favourite interviewees, and uh, have you ever been starstruck? <laughs> starstruck all the time. I'm still really starstruck by footballers, and I would always like to be. To be honest with you, I'd never like to get to the point where I, I don't think footballers are absolutely brilliant human beings, the the best of us, if you like, as well. Because then you sort of you've stopped being a Liverpool fan, really, and and you know we don't see ourselves as journalists. We don't see ourselves as necessarily even the media we see ourselves as, as Liverpool supporters first and foremost so you should be excited about meeting a, a Liverpool player and, and I still am I think probably my favourite was when we went and did Zabi Alonso in, in Munich um, he's we've been trying to get at him for a while through, through kind of various sources and people who knew him and then just before he announced his retirement when he was a Bayern Munich player he, he agreed that we could go over and talk about his his Liverpool career and so we so we went to the Bayern Munich training ground, which was pretty exciting in itself, and, and watched the team train. And then Xavi came over afterwards and said hello, and, and and we did an interview with him. It was about sort of 30, 40 minutes, I think it was, in the end, just all about his Liverpool career. And that was a real thrill because Xavi, you know, is, is a superstar. He was, he was a real hero of mine and also just had such obvious warmth for his time at Liverpool. And, you know, Xavi had, had played for his hometown club, you know, Real Sociedad, and he'd gone to Real Madrid and gone to Munich and, and, and won much more of those clubs that he that he kind of did at Liverpool, but 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 still, you know, saw those years at Liverpool as, as some of his best and, and a really kind of fun time and, and 
that was that was kind of really nice and so so Zabi is is probably the the highlight but you know we've spoken to Steven Gerrard we've spoken to John Barnes we've spoken to Ian Rush you know lots of people who who I grew up kind of idolizing really who were who were then spoke to and so that's that's been really nice uh, and lots of managers as well I mean Jurgen Klopp we've done twice now and you know he's everything you kind of want him to be and Jurgen's great as well because Jurgen really likes fan media so he doesn't really engage with a lot of the traditional press because he just chooses not to but he does like to keep a bit of an eye on what fan media are doing and what fans are saying and and just likes that it exists I think so he's always really positive with us he's always really generous with his time when we can get him and, and seems to kind of you know enjoy a different type of question and a different type of interview from maybe someone who's looking for a, a line or a headline in a newspaper yeah that's very interesting yeah I mean Think about fan media. Um, I mean, obviously, we both think it's good. But, uh, you know, I find that, you know, sometimes I was talking to James Pierce the other day and he said that, you know, the club sometimes is very closed to any kind of media. Do you, th- do you feel the club should should be more open to, you know, especially like in the in the summer months to allow a sort of 20 minute window for for fan media interviews, things like that? In general, the club should be more open. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, firstly, I'd say that Liverpool Football Club are much better to us as the Anfield Rapid than they need to be. I think, you know, I mean, only two weeks ago, we, we interviewed Andy Robertson as well, where we did a kind of a something on with him about the atmosphere, and that was arranged through Liverpool. And also, to be fair to Liverpool, if we ever arrange an interview through someone else, like through an agent or through a, a sports company or whatever they'll, they'll never stand in our way they'll, they'll you know they'll, they'll, they'll allow kind of allow it to happen and facilitate it or whatever i think there's just so many pressures on players on, on managers you know there's so much demand for their time and they have to do so much a week for you know sky and, and tv kind of you know commitments and, and then there's obviously national media and then local media and then us then I kind of understand why why it is difficult for them to give us more because obviously the in terms of the players and the and and, and the manager you know they the main thing that they want to do is to, is to train and to play and then and then have time to relax and so it's it's a balancing act really in terms of well how much of the the time they give up for media at all and then there is a bit of a pecking order I'd like to see that pecking order change a little bit um I think that there will be a point where the Anfield rap is seen as kind of more appealing to the football club than, say, the Daily Mail is, and that's just not necessarily picking on the Daily Mail. But I think there will be a period, there will come a time where fan media, you know, if if you're going to give one interview, then why not give it to a fan media organisation rather than a national newspaper? Who, because I think the players enjoy it more. To be honest with you, I think the I think the players enjoy doing stuff with us. I think they, they kind of relax into it, and I think you know if you are looking to talk directly to your supporter base and fan base, then 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 why not kind of do it through fan media, really? And I think the fact that, you know, for podcasts, we put an interview out from start to finish, and I think that's much more preferable, I would imagine, to to a player than than to feel like you, your quotes have been kind of chopped and, and kind of presented in a certain way, really. So, yeah, generally speaking, I've got no complaints in terms of what the club are like with us. Uh, you know, they, 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 they try their best. It's kind of... You know the, the the generous 
when, when they can be and especially kind of in the summer if we go on, on over to America or whatever on the tours they will always try and access us but I do think and believe that there might be a bit of a switch in the next I mean not necessarily in the next two three years but the next sort of five ten years where clubs start to think about the channels and think about the interviews that they put kind of players and, and managers up for and and what is you know best for 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 that individual in terms of getting their story across yeah no it's a really interesting answer yeah because yeah i mean if you think about the the daily mail i mean for example um you know they're not they're not necessarily going to want to paint you know liverpool in a positive light whereas you know you can be you can guarantee that the fan media will because we're fans and we want to uh, you know we want to you know, present the club in a positive way as possible. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, moving on to this season, Spurs are up next at Anfield. Um, uh, first of all, are you going uh, to the match? And uh, how do you feel about it? I mean, are you as terrified as I am? I just get getting sweaty palms just talking about it. I'm OK now at the moment. I'll probably be a little bit nervous come Sunday, although I'm sure it's nothing a couple of pints won't fix. But, I mean, I am going. Yeah, I've got a season to get a go with my dad, which is nice. I've been... I've, I've, my dad have had a season ticket since I was 10. Uh, my dad got a couple of season tickets for the family and I quickly claimed one of them as, as, as my own and, and it's kind of been like that ever since. So me and my dad, you know, sit more or less in the same seats as we have done since we're 1990, since 1992. Every now and again, they shove us back a couple of rows to, to make more kind of space for corporate seating. But generally speaking, we, we kind of sit in the same seats and sit together and that's kind of a, a, a nice thing that, that, that we do and, and kind of you know, uh, away from all the kind of madness of the Anfield rap really is, is kind of been a bit of a constant. So I'll be there Sunday, yeah, I'll be watching and I'm not too worried about this game. I think generally we, we do pretty well against Spurs. There were, there were, you know, generally we, especially at Anfield, obviously last season was was a draw and it was a bit of a roller coaster game, but I think Spurs look like they're on a little bit of a slide at the moment. I think they might start to, to feel they've got these Champions League games coming up that might become a bit, a bit more of a focus and I mean, they're a good team. Look, they're one of the better teams we've got left to face. And obviously, there's a lot riding on it. Man City play first, so we have to assume that they'll go back to the top of the league and, and kind of see where we are after that. But I don't know. I always feel like we've got the beating of Spurs when we play well, and I expect us to play well. Well, that's good. You're making me feel better. Thank you very much. But uh, yes, Man City, talking about Pep, um, you know, they've they've got eight games in April. They've got all these extra games because they're chasing the quadruple. Um, you know, uh, is it going to count for something? I mean, are they going to, are Pep's flowers going to wilt? I think quite possibly. I think, I think it is a lot what he's asked his players from this season. And I think generally the, the intensity that they play at, the intensity that they train at, uh, they used to kind of, you, you watch them kind of last, year and they had the, the league title kind of wrapped up by now really and I think they were probably expected to this season as well it hasn't happened and I think that April is really really tough for Manchester City and, and it's going to be impossible for them to win all of those games and so where do you see them kind of not doing so if slipping off if you like I mean obviously they could afford to to draw a Champions League game or something like that and kind of still go through but we're all hoping that the slip up or the or the slight lowering in standards or the or the tiredness comes it comes in a league game and and that someone can kind of take advantage of that. Personally, I'd be shocked if if Man City win every game between now and the end of the season just because of everything else that they've they've got going on. If they do, then they'll be champions and you'll have to say fair play. But I think. I think with, with as you you mentioned with everything that they have with all those games with that Champions League quarter final against Tottenham, which I think will be 
you know, a real battle and I think it'll be a very intense kind of couple of games, you know, playing another English team kind of always brings that extra bit out in terms of what you have to put into it. And so, yeah, I'm hopeful. And I think as well that, that the way that the Liverpool season's kind of been structured, I think Jürgen was always kind of hoping for a late push. And I think he's, he's generally been a strong finisher, you know, in terms of since since you know, he's took over as Liverpool manager. We've we've always kind of finished season strongly, so I don't expect anything different from Liverpool and we'll just kind of have to see if Manchester City can, can kind of live with everything that's going to be thrown at them. Oh, I like it. I like it, yeah. No, that's a very nice answer. Um, I wrote this, uh, this is the last question, one final one. Thank you again. It's been so nice talking to you. But um, um, just, uh, I wrote this question, if Liverpool managed to win the league and the, uh, and the, or, and or the Champions League, excuse me, uh, what will you do? But I'm going to just change it. Just about the league, I mean, because it's been, you know, you were there against QPR and you've been waiting, like we all have, for 29 years, or those of us who are old enough. Um, and, you know, what what will you do if we win the league? What, I mean, how, I, what's it going to feel like? What's what's going to happen? I mean, the, the city's going to have a huge party. I mean, that's what will happen. And, 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 you know, God knows when it'll end. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I mean, we went over to Ireland last weekend and we did some live shows and, and Neil, who hosts them, kind of asked us on stage, you know, what, what were you doing? When he asked Gareth Roberts, who came over with us, you know, he gave him what I thought was a really nice answer is, you know, I'm, I, what I'm looking forward to is, is having a beer with, with all the friends that I've always kind of gone the game with and be able to look each other in the eye and say, we've finally done it. And I think that was a really kind of nice kind of, you know, understated kind of answer, but, but true really, because obviously, you know, this football club has been such a huge part of all of our lives for all this time. And you've, you've either made friends through it or kind of, you know, cons- consolidated friendships and you've, and you've had people who you've, you've gone with all these years and seen the highs and the lows and to celebrate with them and to have that moment with them where, you celebrating this league campaign will be kind of really special really and so yeah I just want to if we do do it if we do win that league I just want to be hopefully be able to see as many people as possible who I know who I love or who I you know I've, I've shared kind of times with over the years and, and just kind of clink a glass with them and say yeah Liverpool league champions finally got there doesn't that sound good oh that's a wonderful answer that's a lovely answer um I, you know, I recommend if you do it, try and you know switch on the TV because if if the gilet jaune, yellow vest protests are on TV in Britain, uh, you'll probably see me like running down the Champs Elysees naked. Well, no, probably in my boxer shorts. I'm British after all, just celebrating wildly amongst the fire and the grenades and all that stuff. So um, you know, you, you keep an eye out for me because I think that that's my plan. If we win the league. It sounds like a fairly solid one to me. Yeah, it's a, it's a reasonable one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much, uh, John Gibbons. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Thank you for being on Cop On. That's oh, been a real pleasure. Well, there we have it. Thank you so much to John Gibbons there. And thanks to you, the dearly cherished listener, for chowing down on today's Cop On special. If you enjoyed it, why not share it with your baker, your local contortionist, or your local serial killer, or leave us a review on iTunes, because apparently, somehow, that helps. We'll be back very, very soon. <laughs>